Hello, Team NXT. Welcome back, or welcome aboard. Hard to tell. Been a while since I put out a new episode, so hopefully this one gets some longtime listeners back and uh, hook some others along the way. Tell your friends. I am CD, Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice of the longest-running, independently-produced NXT podcast available. Yes, the long gap in episodes is a little disheartening, and I'd like to say it has been the first time since that has happened in the history of this show, going back to NXT TakeOver Tampa, which, Jesus, long, long time ago. Anyway, we are past that. We are post-Portland. Post-NXT TakeOver Portland, another great event. Speaking of great wrestling events, it is currently Sunday, March 1st, and last night, AEW Revolution. Gotta give credit where credit is due. Just be a pro wrestling fan. It's not that difficult. You can watch everything. Ratings don't matter on the new way that people are consuming content. So just enjoy professional wrestling. Take away the things you like. Just don't follow along with things that you don't like. It's a long show. Get up, take your dog for a walk, use the bathroom, grab yourself a drink. There's plenty to do in the period of pro wrestling that you don't enjoy. But not going to sit on this cynicism. Quick review of the TakeOver Portland results. Few other things along the way, including the R-E-T-U-R-N of the D-R-E-A-M, Velveteen Dream returning after a long-winded injury, to revive a rivalry with Roderick Strong. And it's been brilliant psychology so far, and a joy for Velveteen Dream to be back and providing the entertaining and unique experience that only... They can. Anyway, TakeOver Portland was a quality event as as intended, as expected. It's an NXT TakeOver. February 16th, the only thing that threw me off was a TakeOver on a Sunday. TakeOver on a Sunday followed by Raw instead of TakeOver on a Saturday followed by a pay-per-view. Little, little different. But you go to work on Monday, you feel a little bit better. Speaking of which, that has something to do with why... I have not put out an episode in a while. Getting a career that I am thoroughly enjoying back on track earned my way from a... I got called up. To put it in as blatant pro wrestling fan terms as I can, sports analogy, whatever you want, from temp to full-time, a true, true call-up in the, the IRL of this NXT trying to keep a kayfabe podcast host. Anyway, Keith Lee versus Dijak, everything that we knew it would be, a Hoss fight for the North American Championship. The revived rivalry here between these two spectacles of men, these large, just tanks in the ring, this North American Championship scene, this Haas fight division, which I'll get back to Dijak because another one who has broken out as a big-time Haas on NXT is Cameron Grimes, as well as another infamous name, in the North American Championship scene right now. But between Keith Lee and Dijak, it's been an incredible rivalry, even pre-championship gold. A championship match at a takeover was the only thing that this rivalry really needed to kick it up into that next level. They went to war. They went to war games as a team. And now it all came down to a great takeover match And Keith Lee's stock continuing to rise, a defending champion at NXT TakeOver Portland. 
ending with a huge, not just huge, avalanche Spanish fly, but a big bang catastrophe for the one, two, three, and respect on both ends. To war together and back again against each other. Great match for the North American Championship. Another quality match came out of the women's division in Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai in a street fight. First ever street fight for the women in NXT. This division just keeps continuing to prove why it is the most unique and just just going back to what works. They're friends. They're not friends. They're fighting with each other and they have great angering chemistry so you know that the matches are going to be great. And this... This stood up, the aggression from Dakota Kai, this whole, this whole heel Dakota, when you thought there was a bit of doubt, it quickly disappeared, and if it absolutely did not fully, this match was that their point. The bad blood continuing to rise and boil, there was a tornado DDT on a barricade less than five minutes into this fight. There was also international references due to New Zealand taking on Wales in a street fight. A cricket bat shattered in the hands of Dakota Kai. Another uh, unique crossover in the world of sports. Anyway, the shiniest wizard did connect for Tegan Knox, but this was about so much more than a win, especially in Tegan's eyes after what happened at TakeOver War Games. Knox had the match won. It was table time, but Raquel Gonzalez from the Mae Young Classics. A- another, I'm going to be this big time heel. I'm going to excel at it, and then I'm going to have a bodyguard with me. I really enjoy this booking in the women's division. It, it's hidden on all angles. We're getting a little bit of everything. Dakota Kai, blood feud with her best friend, able to hide behind this other monster of a woman. Xbox is on. Games are getting installed. Apologies there, folks. The table didn't break. It was almost table time, but the table didn't break. Dakota Kai would pick up the W in this one after all was said and done. This sudden alliance really paying off for Dakota Kai. This big monster in her corners definitely seems to start off paying dividends for her. On to the match that split my heart in half. And that is Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Takeover against the Prince, the leader of the Bauer Club. I'm going to grab a drink in this middle of the segue here. Finn Bauer versus Johnny Gargano, NXT Takeover Portland. Passion Fruit LaCroix, if uh, anybody's interested out there. Finn Bauer versus Johnny Gargano, the match that. Tore my heart and my soul and my fandom in half. My head knew that Balor was going to walk out victorious. But my rebel heart was in beat with Johnny Gargano in just that hope. However, he's Johnny Takeover, not for his win-loss record. It's because he excels in performance time and time again. But Johnny falls up short. Just, just falls that little bit. You think there's a there's that chance. And I have a feeling it would have happened last time, if not for Matt Riddle jumping in the, into that spot at TakeOver War Games. But a great match nonetheless. 
It's Finn Bauer. It's Johnny Gargano. You can't go wrong. I want to jump into the NXT present. This is the post-Portland podcast. Just just get emotional when you, when you excel. Your love for two former faces of NXT. NXT champions. Finn, the longest reigning NXT champion. Johnny Gargano, the man who has excelled at the major events. But once again, came up just a little bit short. Bianca Belair comes up short against Rhea Ripley. Again, I'm really tired of seeing Bianca Belair in the big-time picture situations, but losing. How many times does she, does she not have to win the NXT Women's Championship? How many times? It's, it's Bianca Belair. You either know what you got, and you strap a rocket to her on Raw or SmackDown, or... She wins the NXT Championship in one out of the three takeover events she's been a part of. One of which she even lost the Fatal 4-Way scenario. So, another unnecessary unnecessary blemish on the EST of NXT, but it's Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley, the woman who will be taking on Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania at 23 years old. What? What a talent. What a character 180 that has proven its point. Rhea Ripley in the dark side, in the nightmares that she gives her opponent and personifies herself. Very capable NXT Women's Champion. Going up against the 10-time product of the seed of the Nature Boy is going to be a challenge on the biggest stage of them all. But it's going to be a damn good match. But Bianca Belair needs to stop not winning championships. Bianca Belair. Get her a tag team partner that can share, that can share her charisma. Or can benefit from her charisma. And let's jumpstart the women's tag team championships again. Kabuki Warriors need really good opponents. Who can that be? But the EST. And insert name here. Give me your thoughts on that at podcast underscore UF on Twitter. Moving out of the women's division, the championship in the tag team uniqueness division of the Broserweights taking on the Undisputed Era. And new after this harrowing journey to TakeOver Portland, ending in the cargo area of Triple H's jet. The Bro to Sleep. And new NXT Tag Team Champions, another chip in the prophecy of the Undisputed Era. Coming in the unique form of another, what some would call makeshift tag team. What I at first call makeshift tag teams. Of Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle. Great match as expected, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly can do no wrong except that one slip up. For the unique offense that Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle provide. Two very credible. Matt Riddle, mixed martial artist, need I say more? We all know that story and hopefully that's going to kick in to a future match with Brock Lesnar. Pete Dunne's resume, longest reigning NXT UK champion. The face of that brand for over 500 days. When it was the WWE United Kingdom Championship. Putting these two... As a real good tag team force, it's going to pay off. 
I'm enjoying it so far. Give me all the Bros Awaits comedy segments. If they have a different Road 2 insert takeover here with that trophy, the Dusty Cup, sign me up for more segments that way. When that aforementioned sparkling water goes down the wrong pipe and you forget where your segue is for the NXT title match. Anyway, Adam Cole, baby. Tommaso Ciampa going after Goldie. The Goldie that he never lost. The Goldie that he never lost resulting from a heart-breaking injury, especially backed up by that brilliant documentary on the WWE Network, Tommaso Ciampa, Blackheart, not getting paid to plug this. Absolutely go watch it. Great, great stuff. And proves more for the point of the ending of this matchup. Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa having as great of a match as we expect. As up and down of a who is going to walk out of NXT, take over Portland as champion. Will Goldie go back around Champa's shoulder, or will Adam Cole hold on to the last piece of the prophecy? And it had an unthinkable, at this point, X-Factor. Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano striking Tommaso Ciampa with that very championship, and Adam Cole taking advantage for the W. The prophecy stays just that bit of alive for the Undisputed Era. Johnny Gargano, while wearing a DIY t-shirt, DIY merchandise, broke each and every heart in that arena. After another great takeover match of coming up short, he does this. Johnny. Johnny Mind Games. Johnny Backstabs. Johnny Y. And again... Just back to another, just another chapter in this epic saga. That tiny detail of the DIY merchandise being worn at the time of this attack that cost Champa the championship that he never lost. Another road to NXT TakeOver Tampa. Another chapter in the Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Champa saga. That was TakeOver Portland. I loved it. As I love each and every NXT TakeOver. As I love returns of the super successful superstars of NXT. Like the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream. The epic return. And once again reigniting the rivalry with Roderick Strong. No North American Championship. But family comes into play. Roderick Strong defending his family, supposed to be the heel in this situation, whereas Velveteen Dream has that undeniable charisma that you just want to cheer for him, no matter how off-putting, let's let's put it lightly, off-putting his intentions towards your wife and child might be. And from the outside looking in, you, you're just kind of staring, hey, the kid's, kid knows what he's doing. He's the total package so far at another one such a young age. Early 20s superstars of NXT. You just know some of them are going on the right path towards superstardom. Towards epicness. Velveteen Dream is a future champion. It just it just makes sense. I know I say this now. I say this on an NXT podcast full of optimism. As I have for so 
so many more in the past. Like, remember when Bobby Roode was the hottest heel? Good times. Good times. Full of optimism then. Bobby Roode versus Shinsuke Nakamura rivalry was, was good stuff. Well, it was also good stuff. If I could jump ahead to the future a little bit, I hope you enjoyed the NXT programming post-Portland all the way through to NXT on February 26th. I know there's other quality wrestling podcasts that cover, they cover NXT. They cover. They talk about it. Do they discuss it? Are they going to make you think about it? Are they going to ask hypothetical questions into a microphone where a dog sits by, sleeping, and his ears going up after he knows he's being talked about? Speaking of Velveteen, Velveteen Dog, D-O-G, Colin, on uh, on the Undisputed Future Podcast Instagram, Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word, the one social media platform I was able to get the ad handle to be all one word, at podcast underscore UF on Twitter. If you are intrigued and still talking about what happened post-Portland. But post-Portland for Dominic Dijakovic was a face-off with Cameron Grimes in this Haas fight division for the North American Championship. It was it was everything you want in this division right now, fighting their way back, climbing up the ladder once again for Dijakovic, or can Cameron Grimes break out and break through a former competitor for the North American Championship? Athletics on both sides, as expected, as all important matches for this division have been. And before getting into the interference plagued in this matchup, I want to get into a little bit about the cruiserweight division being spot, the spotlight of the cruiserweight division and the athletics for the undersized guys, and the North American Championship being this Huss fight over the top, big time monster men that shouldn't move like they do, but they do. And you're amazed, and I'm amazed, and we're thanking the world and the universe that this program exists, and how are these people able to do these things? And I'm, to say half their size would be would be generous, but why don't I do those things? I'm a martial artist. I should, I should be able to do backflips and tope suicidas, tope, possibly planches. Give myself a chance doing a poncha. Give me some ropes. Give me give me some environment on the squared circle mat. The squared circle mat for the cruiserweights. The smaller guys. Bringing out those personalities. That's what we need. We got the same quality of matches. Break out the big personalities. The bigger personalities in the bigger guys. And the big personalities in the smaller guys. Leo Rush has it. Angel Garza has it. Raul Mendoza needs to find it, and he's gonna. The Prestige is an awesome nickname, not just because I think back to Step Brothers each and every time I hear it, and Call of Duty and other references to the word Prestige that isn't the exact dictionary word definition of the word Prestige, which I'm not going to get into that. This is a pro wrestling podcast, while the Archer of Infamy... As infamous as that last little bit of rattling off might be, Damien Priest with a nightstick. Yes, the archer. The archer. With a heavy, heavy, not even heavy inference to bow and arrow. But a nightstick to the back of Dijakovic's knee. Almost cost him by countout. Almost. 
Dijakovic tough. Dijakovic went through a war as recently as Portland, as I just got into. No, no count out. Archer of Infamy uses a nightstick. Can I go back for that a second? I don't know, melee? Melee crossbow? What about staged tranquilizer darts? Can we go back to Kurt Angle versus The Big Show for a minute? I don't know. There's there's something there. Probably too obvious, obvious of a disqualification if something's zooming by at ringside as opposed to a guy in a hoodie dressed in all black jumps over and just pops you in the back of the knee. Almost cost him the match, but what would cost him the match is a cave-in by Grimes for the win. Dijak does not realize who it was, but Dijak soon finds out. And this division, and the climb towards Keith Lee in that North American Championship, the rivalries within that, they're growing. And Dijak versus Priest could give us some good stuff. Cameron Grimes, break through. Be a big heel. Let's see what this let's see let's see what all this pieces together to. Yes, he beat Sean Maluda, a Shaolin native like myself, in the fastest NXT television timed matchup ever. A little bitter towards him. But his matches are good. The hat. I don't know what the entire gimmick is, but the hat and the crazed southerner, this New Yorker, is going to be intrigued by it. And he can get it done in a match. And he got it done against Dijakovic. And getting it done and taking care of business is our general manager, William Regal, saying qualifying matches leading to take over Tampa in a number one contender ladder match for the women's championship. We have a takeover Tampa tournament to find out a number one contender the night before WrestleMania. So, it'll either be who will be Charlotte's first number one contender holding the NXT Women's Championship in about four years, or who is going to follow in Charlotte Flair's footsteps and possibly upset Rhea Ripley. Because if you beat Charlotte Flair, whoever's up next is going to be an upset if they beat you. Because it's Charlotte goddamn Flair at WrestleMania. I love Rhea Ripley, but just if I could just focus on the women's championship big picture for a moment. It's hard to believe. It's hard to even infer. It's hard to even process the thought. But Rhea Ripley, after this, we'll get what WrestleMania wins. But after this. Anyway, who's back in town? Bauer's back in town. Finn's feeling like a star, going up and down the list of Dunnits. Universal champion, Intercontinental champion, NXT champion. Dunnit. Going up and down the list. Until... We are asking ourselves what the next move is. And it's being answered in the giant iron fist that is Imperium. Sending their regards, if you will, on behalf of NXT UK champion, Walter, the leader 
the supreme leader of it all. And Finn Balor versus Walter. Let's take in that match possibility for a second. Let's think back to ourselves, Tyler Bate versus Walter. Let's think to the the necessity of big men that can work with smaller opponents. That both sides look good. Both sides are able to display their talent because each other is looking out for the other one and anyone can become champion until Walter does what he does best because he's the ring general. But this is going to be one hell of a match. This is that kind of situation that has me thinking I'm 99% sure it'll be a takeover Tampa. But how cool would that be if that match also added to the WrestleMania card? Sounds pretty darn sweet in my view. That was pretty darn sweet. Are these apocalypse footage that are very sanity-like stuff going on on NXT as of late? The apocalypse footage... If I had to guess... Recent signings, Killer Cross. I could see that aura kinda kinda surrounding him, like the end is near. If he gets to keep his name and is able to be killer on anything WWE related, I'm very surprised at at that possibility to say the very least. It just does not seem like uh like an ideal situation for their marketing department, but Killer Cross, one hell of a talent. Another one of uh, of those YouTube rabbit holes. You hear their name as a new part of a signee. You check out either montage best of clips or each individual matches and get yourself familiar at the very least. And Killer Cross, one hell of a talent. One hell of a talent also is Austin Theory calling out Tommaso Ciampa in a great series of videos. There's a there's a lot of there's a bright future for Austin Theory. Going back to that cruiserweight discussion for a moment, Austin Theory, future cruiserweight champion at the very least. Hoping he can go above and beyond that, but that's another one. Guy who looks like that young twenties, prime talent, good personality, character able to develop. All day, I'm backing. Austin Theory. Also back in because of the Wu-Tang representation on a regular basis is the HBIC taking on Zaya Lee. Had to edit out a very strangely timed burp that uh, that almost lines up with Zaya Lee. The Blasian Baddie versus the Chinese Wushu Practitioner. A hard-hitting match. A quality match where you think the NXT Women's Championship scene might have a chance to build right then and there. Until Dakota Kai and Gonzalez, a very War Games flashback related speech would cost Mia Yim the match after hitting Soul Food. Zia Lee would manage the small package for the W, but Zia Lee did not leave Mia Yim hanging. I respect that. The sportsmanship was there, but Reina, Raquel, however I was referring to her, would dominate Zia Lee. And Mia Yim, despite Zia Lee showing good sportsmanship, big old bodyguard for Dakota Kai rips right through the two competitors of that matchup. 
Onward and upward we would go into the purple haze, and we lead back to D-R-E-A-M and Roderick Strong. Dream would brag on his victory from last week, but would want to be even for a broken back. And next week, where Tegan Knox will take on Dakota Kai in a steel cage. Going to be left down. All hell going to break loose. We have a night of two cage matches. And the next week, the experience for Roderick Strong will be inside of a steel cage. Steel cage for the men, steel cage for the women. Going to be one quality, hard-hitting, possibly, possibly, shades of red and, uh, and juice, if I can jump in on that term for a moment. For NXT, it's possible. Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, bad blood, spill some blood. Let's see what kind of X Factor Gonzalez is still able to be inside of a steel cage. How much will that truly keep out? How strong is this alliance between Dakota Kai and Gonzalez? Eh? I don't know. Two steel cage matches. Hyped for it. Here for it. Ready to watch it. Tommaso Ciampa taking on Austin Theory. Austin Theory went over his series of videos a couple of moments back. Two jacked dudes is on my notes, and uh, I could screen cap that if you're interested in seeing that. But two really jacked looking dudes, Ciampa and Theory, each looking like a million bucks. But it would be revenge for Austin Theory after a brutal assault just days back on NXT TV. Champa absolutely ruthless coming off an NXT championship loss, taking his frustrations from four Johnny Gargano to and toward to and toward kind of redundant. Anyway, Austin theory eating punishment all day, but all day AT did look, uh, look pretty darn good against the former NXT champion. The kid's going to be something special Still feels a little bit weird if I'm sitting here as 28 calling somebody a kid, but I don't know, 23 and a shining star, and I don't know, feels plausible. Talk show radio, I'm sure uh, Sean not the first in this in this field to to feel that way. Champa taking a buckle bomb scares me. That's that's something that I'm pretty sure each and every person discussing professional wrestling out there can agree on. Somebody who has that kind of neck injury taking a buckle bomb after we saw what happened with Sting. And I say this as a man who named his show after Seth Rollins. And Sting has spoken himself and waved away any possible wrongdoing. This shit happens. And this shit could happen to Tommaso Ciampa and that thought is terrifying after the neck injuries he's already been through. After... What the neck history has done to NXT storylines. Do not let this happen again on this road to Gargano versus Champa and this chapter. Please don't let it happen. However, Champa would take a buckle bomb, but he'd also take away a victory with Widow's Bell and a fairy tale ending that would end in a W. And speaking of Johnny Gargano, 
There were two really nice touches to the attire for the attack on this one. I questioned the blind-siding bright blue blazer. Bright blue blazer. You want to get the sneak attack on him. Johnny... Johnny Baby Blue. Didn't, uh... But it did look good with the positive side of the gear on this part, and that was the DIY t-shirt hanging out of the pocket. The DIY merchandise plays a part in each of these attacks. And it's gut-wrenching. It's intriguing. It makes you want to hear a heel Johnny Gargano speak to things. And Johnny Y. Johnny Wrestling and Johnny Sucks Chance are what we're hearing right now. Because of that brilliance of a DIY shirt in the pocket. Because Full Sail is small enough where uh, where we're going to be able to see things like that. And something I never thought I would see. Is a Johnny apron clap. A self, self-series of high fives. If I could reference the great Diamond Dallas page for a moment. Oh boy. Johnny Gargano playing the heel on the edge of these things. This is... This is well more unique and different than when they were both both healing it up at the same time with that loose DIY alliance. Johnny North American champion, Tommaso Ciampa, holding Goldie. This is this is a complete flip of the script. And if I may speak to it again, the Blackheart documentary will back up this point and seems like an important watch, in my humble opinion. And if you're watching and if you're listening to this, watching this. YouTube channel, possible maybe. Yeah, I say that like uh, Patreon, possible maybe, but I feel guilty taking your money. I just want you to listen and have something to do on your commute or walk to class or background noise. If I'm background noise for wrestling discussion, it's my favorite. If you're chilling out playing video games while I'm just putting possible subliminal NXT discussion in your minds, I appreciate that too. And I appreciate great factions like the Undisputed Era. Promising. A cage beatdown for Roderick Strong against the Velveteen Dream. Roddy's for it. Fish and KOR calling the bros weights out. We got a lot of circling shark analogies. This promo, which I definitely like. And I definitely like the possibility of the possibility of the prophecy to be kept alive. And the dominating faction, the most dominating faction in NXT history, will reign on with all the gold, by hook or by crook. And no one NXT's most successful faction, another tricky phrase that I've been personally working on. It's a, it's a safe bet to say that crook will be the most likely of circumstances. A man with history with the Undisputed Era lately is Bronson Reed taking on Killian Dane in another Hoss fight that fits perfectly like a puzzle piece. Like when you're looking for all the corner pieces to begin, you find this one as that corner piece in the puzzle that can be the Hoss fight division for the North American Championship. Bronson Reed, Ozzilla, the thick boy. I'm digging it so far. Working with Australians right now, so shout out to, to anybody from Bowery if you happen to be listening to this. Probably posted on the uh, company Slack channel or 
something along those lines. Try and give my coworkers some wrestling discussion to to listen to on the way to uh, to the office there. Bronson Reed, unsuccessful, however. No matter how well he fits into this puzzle, Killian Dane's dominance fits more into the big picture of NXT, going as far back as to sanity. And that's uh, very similar footage for what is probably Kill Cross. If you have any other thoughts on uh, on that footage, and because I just thought it was a Killian Dane return scenario at first, then uh seems to be an entirely new signee, new television debut altogether. So, yeah, thought it could be possible build for Killian Dane, and this win is definitely build for Killian Dane. Killian Dane versus Keith Lee for that North American Championship. Also, another great, great matchup. Just, just take any combination of these big boys. Let's see what they got. Let's put the championship gold at, out in front of them. Let's get them in some number one contendership situations on NXT TV, and let's see who fights Keith Lee. Let's uh, let's see who fights for tag team greatness, and let's see who fights for changes to their character, because apparently the Forgotten Sons do. The Forgotten Sons being boosted with a sheer shade of United States patriotism. Two former Marines thanking, uh, thanking Jackson Riker and Steve Cutler for their service. And I thank Wesley Blake for his service in the landscape of NXT because he's a veteran. Going as far back as the Blake and Murphy factor. I wonder how that feels. Oh boy. Wonder how that feels. Your former NXT Tag Team Championship partner is out there with a main eventer like Seth Rollins holding the championships. And you're working with with the Forgotten Sons who are getting revived with the good old US of A gimmick. If that sounds negative, I'm sorry. It just really sounds funny. It, it probably isn't as funny to any possible international fans out there checking out the SoundCloud or any available podcasting platform. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate me five stars, and I'd much rather plug myself than talk about a Forgotten Sons match, but a Forgotten Sons match I will talk about because it features Liverpool's number one and good old Zach Gibson and the man with AJ Styles' quality hair and James Drake, the grizzled, young veterans. Solid match, hard-hitting. Former Marines, why not? It's working out for Lacey Evans. Babyface offense looks pretty cool. Jackson Riker just kind of standing out there looking all big, bold, and badass. Could get cheers. I don't know. Milk US of A. It's Florida. Know your audience. It is what it is. Simple as that. Blokes from the UK talking smack about Yanks and the Forgotten Sons. Two former Marines. They fought for this damn country. You weren't going to talk shit about it. Solid, solid premise going as far back as any era of professional wrestling. Why not do it in the tag team division? Why not give former tag team champion like Wesley Blake a chance to shine with Steve Cutler 
And if you go back and uh, want to check out my exclusive interview with Sawyer Fulton, founding member of Sanity, he uh, he said way back when to keep out for the tag team of Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler. This was before Mr. Riker was a factor in and of all of this. Grizzled Young Veterans, GYV has definitely been a factor on NXT UK being their inaugural tag team champions, though. It was shaved head and long hair versus shaved head and long hair. Another takeaway from this from this matchup. Going back to more serious accolades, like I just mentioned for the Grizzled Young Veterans. Could say this about the Forgotten Sons as well. Two Dusty Classic finalist teams locking up here. Not about a trophy this time. It was about pride for country. It was a solid match, but it would be a ticket to mayhem for the W. So, uh, no pink slip for the motorcycles of the Forgotten Sons, but a ticket to mayhem for the loss on the February 26th edition of NXT. I'm going to keep it in here because I think the mic is picking up my dog snoring, and if you haven't heard it, it's one of the most darn cute things you'll ever hear. Alright, let's move on. Flair versus Belair. A time and time again fantasy booked match in a main roster champion material against the Diamonds Shining Bright in this NXT women's division. And that is the EST of all NXT. The one who should not be losing championship matches anymore and shouldn't have lost a match in this platform either. Let Belair win here. Let's have no matter no matter who's in that match. NXT's gonna have the advantage in an NXT women's championship match. Belair beats Char- beats Charlotte, earns her way to WrestleMania. She is a superstar. She can handle that spotlight. She could be Possibly on that same card with Montez Ford. And how freaking adorable would that be? That's a pickup. But no. Bianca Belair would... uh, It's natural selection, folks. Bianca Belair losing to Charlotte Flair on this road to WrestleMania. Belair unsuccessful in the championship scene. Unsuccessful in possibly finding her way to a grand spotlight of championship scenes. It hurts. I'm I'm a fan. The charisma's there. The athleticism is there. The, it's the total package. Shouldn't be losing championship matches. And if she's gonna lose championship matches, let's let's get her get let's let her get the next best thing. Let her beat a former champion of Charlotte Flair's caliber. I think the fans have seen enough. I think that you throw her on Monday Night Raw. From a few Raws that actually matter moving forward towards WrestleMania. No build for Thursday pay-per-views taking part in places I'm going to refer to as parts unknown. Bianca Belair on a Raw that matters builds towards WrestleMania. Another triple threat match in the women's division? Yes. But let's split that spotlight. Let's take the pressure off Rhea Ripley. Not that I don't think she can handle it. 
but that Bianca Belair can take some of it on and know that the odds are there that an NXT woman can walk out as NXT's women's champion. Add that factor to the match. Let's place the odds in Charlotte Flair's not-so-likelihood. Because it's pretty obvious, as I've discussed early on in this. It's Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. It's not a losing situation. Not two years in a row. Didn't take any form of a pinfall last year. Well, it's if you ask, especially somebody who was there and had a pretty decent, decent seat. Really decent seat, especially from MetLife Stadium. Went, uh, went above and beyond to make sure that my brother and I had the possible... Best seats within the most reasonable price at the time for MetLife Stadium. With a pretty darn good view, nobody took the pin last year at WrestleMania. But Becky Two Belts happened, not at the expense of Charlotte Flair, but kind of at the expense of Charlotte Flair. And that's not going to happen two years in a row. And what hopefully won't happen for more than two weeks in a row is vacancy and gaps in episodes of the UFP show, all about the NXT show, the Undisputed Future podcast. Not trying to keep it too long, trying to keep it to around 45 minutes per episode, trying to get you through a nice commute, trying to get you through class, study session, however it may be. You want to listen to one of those long-winded podcasts after me, let me be that break in between. There's great pay-per-view dissections out there. There's great long-form multi-man podcasts out there. But thank you for checking out a Best Solo Podcast nominee and runner-up to only Chris Jericho in the year uh, 2018, mind you. If I could just humble brag for a second to be back. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you for your support whenever, however you listen to this. I hope it's one of these ways. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, if that's still a thing. Not really keep them up the best as I sit here recording on the MacBook. That That is my MacBook that has gotten me through the thick and thin, and those are the college years at this point as well. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, my personal platform for podcasting of choice. The interface is very user-friendly. You hit that plus button, you get each and every one downloaded for you automatically. Just make sure you're connected to Wi-Fi each and every opportunity you do, and your podcast will stay up to date, and the drag-and-drop feature of the organization tool. It's it's very user-friendly, especially in the world of Android phones, which I live in, and I'm sure somebody else listening to the show out there lives in. Google, Stitcher, what else do I listen to? Anywhere that picks up my RSS feed, SoundCloud, my most popular link for posting. Thank you especially for uh, getting those play numbers up, although I do appreciate each and every single one of you, no matter how, when, or where you are checking out this show. Thank you so much for the NXT discussion. Hope it gave you something to think about. Hope my background noise wasn't too bad. The uh, the heat did kick up. Thank you for uh, your patience. I can't thank you enough. for It's it's a virtue. So, uh, I mean, I'm just recording this. Don't know what the numbers are going to be. But no matter how many of you are bouncing back or found me for the very first time, I'm CD Danny Mac. Follow me at podcast underscore UF, the Twitter, my most popular form of social media. Check out the Facebook. Longtime listeners will know that that just doesn't really happen. I'm on Facebook to be a part of other things, not really 
not really give out too much information on uh, on that side of, of things. Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word on Instagram. You'll find a bounce back of that with a picture of the sleeping dog that was next to me for this show who's snoring. Might have gotten picked up. The Velveteen Dog, Colin, as well as something that alludes to this post-Portland podcast discussion. Thank you so much for your time. Get home safe, drive safe, walk safe, be aware of your surroundings, get that work done, get that study session in, get your cooking done. Man, there's so many opportunities to listen to podcasts. There's so many wrestling podcasts out there out there. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming back or coming to and listening to this one. Have a great week, and I will talk to you next time.